negative to say about you, man. I don't get it.
Hey everyone, it's Sean Raz from the First 52. As we all know, the holiday season is closely coming upon us, and everybody's going to be out buying stuff. Some people may be purchasing through Amazon.com. What I'm here to ask you is to use the links on RazRadioLive.com to make your purchases. Uh, we get a small percentage of the purchase price, which goes towards the radio station. So if you can't help by donation, you can help by going to RazRadioLive.com and using the Amazon links there for all your Amazon purchases. Have a good holiday season. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, this is Steve from The Chocolate Drop. And if you haven't heard the show lately, here's a little bit of what you've been missing. My week is over. Thank God. I don't know what her problem was, why she was licking people's cheese. See, black people mess it up for everybody, man. <laughs> you know somebody black to complain, <laughs> and they call me a racist. The back of the toilet looks like a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> um, I don't like that. You ever seen a vein this big? <laughs> She ate a rubber glove and she had to have her dog. <laughs> insane. Absolutely insane. Um, I don't like that. Saturdays, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. RazRadioLive.com and Salty Talk Radio. We talk about weed, too. Attention, brothers and sisters. Take a look around. We are killing the future.
This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Offering is the truth, nothing more. Yes, we offer the truth, but do you really want to know it? Welcome to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com and RadioFreeBlood.com. It is Tuesday, December 22nd. Only a couple days from Christmas. Have you all got all your shopping done? You ready? Ready for Christmas? Are you ready for the the craziness? Man, the craziness is over once you're done shopping, right? I'm looking forward to spending time with my family and just enjoying life in general. Well, getting some new stuff. Yeah, we're going to get stuff. We buy stuff. Don't we all do it? It's part of the fun part of it. I like getting new stuff, though. <laughs> so tonight on the rejoins, uh, you know, I think we're going to throw some Christmas music in there for you. Uh, see how that goes down. <laughs> it, it's weird. Today I was asked what I was doing for Christmas. And, you know, I, I, I don't like to call myself an atheist, but I don't follow a religion. Uh, maybe I'm agnostic, so maybe that's what we'll call it. So I don't, you know, I had to explain it. Well, I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to, you know, just enjoy being alive and enjoy having some extra time with them because, you know, that's time we don't always get. It's nice to have that time every once in a while where you can just sit down and relax and just not even worry about anything. You know, those days are, are days I don't plan on thinking about these things that we talk about, about the truths that we try to share. I hope you guys have been enjoying, uh, enjoying Doc Day on Raz Radio Live something I like to do when, when all radio is dead and there's nothing going on on the radio. I just play some documentaries. It gives me something to listen to, and it gives you guys something to listen to, and, and hopefully somebody comes through it and, and learns something maybe they didn't know. I still, every time I listen to the, to the doc days that I do, I still learn new things every once in a while, You know, maybe uh, reminded of something I, I forgot about. So it's nice to refresh you know, the history of, of why I'm even sitting here. You have to remind yourself every once in a while uh, of, of the past things and not focus on the new things. Because a lot of times if you if you go back to those past documentaries, the old documentaries, and when I say old, 06, 07, 08, 09, you know, is that really that old? Well, I guess now they are. Now they are old. And, and when you listen to them, uh, you, you see some of the things that they talked about. Uh, being the possible outcome or the possible driving direction of, of where they're trying to take us. And you see those things happening. Not always. And it's nice to see that, too. Sometimes you go back and, and it helps you. Uh, it really helps you uh, uh, learn how to to read what you're reading. To, to read what you're in, inputting, you know, because you can go back now and, and things have happened and, and predictions came true. Predictions didn't come true. Uh, and it gives you an idea of, of gauging these things that you hear. 
You know, there's so many out there now. I remember when I first got into this six, seven years ago, whatever it, whatever it is now, maybe even eight years now. Not the radio, but just conspiracies. It wasn't that hard, and it seems now, and a lot of this, I think, is COINTELPRO or or just trying to uh, trying to knock down the message or, or uh, dilute the message, should I say? A lot of it is for that. I, I really, honestly believe because we hear these. You know, it goes to the, and I know there's guys listening over on the blood side. You know, it goes to the, goes to the, it never happened crowd. It goes to the, it's all a hoax. It goes to, uh, it was energy weapons. There's, I think at this point in time, I like to focus on things that are, are provable, that are scientifically provable. Um, and a lot of that, I'll be honest, you know, I've watched some of the no plane videos and there's some great information in there that, that, it makes you really consider that that's a possibility. But at this point in time, I think we need to focus on building seven and, and different things that, that are easier proven or, you know, already have a lot of scientific things backing that. Now, I bring this up. The few reasons I bring this up, as if you listen to Doc Day over the past week and a half that I've been doing it, there's been a lot of 9-11 stuff in there, re- rehashing uh, 9-11. I think that's something that we're allowing to fall to the side you know we're, we're not we're not focusing on it as much as we used to and i think that's a negative thing I, I think that bringing that back to the forefront points to what's going on points to how we've got here you can't forget those things you know i had somebody say Something to me on a show, I think it was last week, actually, on the Shannon, Shannon Burke show that I do. Uh, he made a comment about, you know, you just, I, I might have talked about this last week. Uh, you just gotta, you know, forget about the past and, and look forward to the future. Well, if you don't remember the past, you, you're, you're doomed to repeat it. Or like I like to say, my little, my little tagline that I've used is, know your history or have no future. If you don't know what's happened, then you'll never get anywhere. Now, I bring this up, again, because a lot of the documentaries were about 9-11. And last week, I think it was Wednesday it started, I began getting bombarded with this uh, this 9-11 video that's, that's been making its rounds. I'm sure any of you there sitting listening to me, who listen to me regular, regularly, who share information about this stuff, I'm sure you've had this video sent to you. One, two, three, ten, fifteen, twenty times, because that's about how many times it's been sent to me. So we're going to start with playing it, and then there was a really good um, rebuttal written that I'll read after we play, just to refresh us of, of what we're talking about exactly. You, know, you can't just go into it and not, not you know, try to understand it. So I am taking time out of my busy day to try to put to rest one of the more moronic things I have seen on the internet lately, and that's saying something. Through my Facebook feed, I saw yet again that old, tired argument, that question. Jet fuel only burns at 1,500 degrees, and since steel melts at 2,700 degrees, 9-11 was a conspiracy. I am so sick and tired of this argument. Now. I am not going to make any claims to what did or did not happen 
If it was conspiracy, I do not care. What I am upset about is the retarded metallurgical things that you guys are saying. I'm not arguing the facts. Jet fuel does, in fact, burn at 1,500 degrees. Steel, we all start melting some carbon steels at 2,300 degrees. But if you hold this up as a reason for conspiracy, you are an idiot. This is a piece of half-inch thick steel. A36, structural steel, designed for structures. This is a 250-pound anvil. I'm going to put this steel in the back of this anvil, and I'm going to lift this 250-pound anvil with this bar of steel. Do you see how the structural steel is supporting this anvil? Okay. There. Now, in my furnace, I have an identical piece of half-inch bar of steel, just like this. And it's going to be around 1,800 degrees, just 300 more than jet fuel, when it comes out. And I want you to see something very interesting. Go into the forge. It's very hot, but not melted. Obviously, it is not melted. I put this in the oven. Now, watch this. I'm going to take my pinky finger. My pinky finger, half-inch solid steel. Check it out. It's a freaking noodle. Your argument is invalid. Get over it. Find a job. It's a freaking noodle. Yes, I, I'm sure all of us have seen this video. Now, I'll, I'll put my commentary after I uh, read this great re rebuttal. I mean, it, I just like the way it's written. I like the way he presents it. Title of it is, Is This the Biggest Moron on the Internet in 2015? A video has surfaced online showing a chap who has conducted a highly scientific scientific experiment that clearly shows how jet fuel can bend steel and therefore this debunks conspiracy theories that suggest jet fuel alone could not have possibly brought down the Twin Towers on 9-11. I have many problems with this video, not least because it literally proves nothing, it is a complete waste of his time and, and everyone else's and has succeeded in, on, in only in melting the fit last few remaining brain cells left in his empty skull coming up with this ridiculous debunking. Firstly, Comparing half-inch steel bars with 800 with 87 feet by 133 feet steel cork structures as big as buses that were covered in tons of concrete and fireproofed is so ludicrous and unscientific that he immediately lost my respect in his argument. I stuck with him, though, for the purpose of this rebuttal, where he then continues to lambast everyone by calling them an idiot for even daring to suggest that jet fuel did not cause the WTC to fall that day. Ouch. He conveniently seems to have forgotten that the WTCs fell at free fall speed. So even if we were, we were to take him and his silly outfit seriously, and indeed jet fuel did weaken the steel, the building would have tilted and bent, as he suggests in the video, not fallen straight down, at the same speed it would take to drop a penny off the roof of the building. Then when he, then we come to the greatest fail, when he goes over to a roaring furnace, not an actual replication of a jet fuel fire, obviously, that would be, that would be too scientific. The camera cuts over to the furnace where we conveniently don't see, don't get to see how long the steel bar has been in the furnace, being subjected to constant heat. And again, this is not what would have happened inside the buildings on 
he bends the steel pole. He bends the steel pole like a failed magician into a noodle before throwing the bar on the ground and walking away, thinking he's a boss, advising everyone to get a job as he goes. Yes, the red-hot steel bent, but the cold steel above the burned area still held strong. It didn't bend an inch. So your argument is only valid if the whole building was heated up to 1,500 degrees to cause the collapse. Are you forgetting that there were 84 floors of thick reinforced concrete-wrapped steel bars holding everything up below the hot impact zone? When you view the videos of the planes crashing into the towers, you can see that 90% of the burning fuel was evaporated outside of the building on impact. The only fires that were in the building were actually small localized fires, as Battalion Chief Palmer, who made it up to the impact zone on the day, said. Ladder 15, we've got two isolated pockets of fire. We should be able to knock it down with two lines. Not exactly a burning furnace, then. Neither neither does this guy explain how and why the firefighters at Ground Zero saw and reported that there was molten steel flowing like lava and was still molten three months after the building came down in the rubble, despite there being heavy rains for weeks. This stupid propaganda video went from 40,000 to 265,000 viewers in a matter of an hour, of hours, and now is ra- raising well over a million. Just look at the number of likes this video has, which is complete contradiction to the vast majority of public opinion, which agrees that this video is dumb at, at best and completely moronic, at worst, I just wonder who is behind the fake views feedback this video has received. <clears throat> it's safe to say you can't always trust a blacksmith to explain super complex physics, so I hope he does a follow-up video to this video, as I would love to see how far he can shove the rod up his ass past the hot bit as, frankly, the only place it deserves to be. So, again, I enjoyed the, the way he addressed it. Now, there is some some of my argument with it is, of course, we didn't know how long it was in this this furnace. Uh, one of the first things I did when I saw the video is I Googled um, judging metals temperature by the glow. And I actually found a chart that broke it down from like a dark red all the way to a white hot. Now, if you watch that video, in my opinion, when he pulls that sucker out of that forge, that was white hot, which I believe was around 2,200 degrees, 2,100 degrees, somewhere in that realm on the chart. I, I know he tweeted it out when that video started surfacing. Um, so that there alone uh, raises question in his little experiment. Another thing that, ra- that raised a question in my mind is, Listen, I'm no metal metallurgist. I don't I don't know every little thing about metals, but I do know just from being able to weld that a few hundred degrees makes a very big difference in the the way metal reacts and its in its integrity and the structural integrity of that metal. Three, two, three, four hundred degrees makes a very large difference. So that would be another question I would arise. Is is you know, we're talking 300 degrees, which is a big amount in, in the structural integrity of that metal. Another thing that just raised, you know, a question in my head. And, of course, the main uh, the main argument and the main thing you have to look at is 
if his experience, experiment is right, why did the towers go straight down? Why did the top not fall off? And that's always been, you know, before this video, it's always been something I said. Okay, you know, listen, if it was caused by office fires, if it was weakened steel, then okay, the top would have fell off. Just, you know, slid right off the top or, or crumbled over. We still would have had 60 or 70 floors standing easily. You know, we might have lost a few floors below it you know, with the ripping and tearing. But there's no way it comes down like that. And there's no way they both come down the exact same way. So, you know, his experiment there is really not that great of an experiment. Sorry, buddy. You tried. You tried. Valiantly, you tried. But you didn't succeed in debunking anything. You just succeeded in showing that people only think one-dimensional. The people don't really look at all the different levels that they need to be looking at when they start investigating these things. And you know what? It is true. Jet fuel probably could weaken steel slightly, but not nearly a lot enough to cause all-out collapse. Look at my crayon. Hold on. What am I supposed to say? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? John Ryan. Four Toad and Lexi. Do I mention Four Toad? Sure. Four oh. Dave. Dave. <laughs> Hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz for Toad and Lexi. You know, I don't, that sounds like shit. What am I, give me a script here. Come on, I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And uh, Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, yeah. It's Dr. Bob Tuscan. It's Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy for Toad. The American Republic is in remnant status. The stage is set for our country eventually devolving into a military dictatorship, and few seem to care. My fellow patriots, we need a solution. I think we need everybody to read the Constitution. It's our right, it's our duty. Ignoring it is lethal. To abolish the current corrupt government, it's poor as evil. And start a new one by the people, for the people. We were born equal, but the government is making super soldiers like the born people. Getting ready for martial law, total lockdown. I wish for peace and knowledge with my genie lamp. At least you'll have your own cell at the FEMA camp. Fuck the CIA agency, I break it down from A to Z. They got the guts to say to me, don't protest or make a single fuck it, let them taser me. I will not let them intimidate or face me. I am not insignificant and lazy. I don't even know what to say lately because the system made me crazy. We need a second American revolution. What in the middle of a revolution?
old buildings don't just fucking collapse If you believe the official story, you can be sure to say I guess the laws of physics just stopped working that day But everybody just calls me a jerk when I say We need a second American revolution We're in the middle of a revolution We need a second American revolution We have a second American revolution an American Revolution. The country was on the verge of revolution. We need a second American Revolution. The second American Revolution. These are the craziest forces. They're giving rabies to horses, replacing habeas corpus with Mercedes and Porsches. And they want you to need them. They're loving it. They condition you to be dependent on the government. We got a whole generation that's living on welfare. The 9-11 first responders can't get health care. If you and I don't, then nobody will care. And now they want a carbon tax, they might as well sell air. Are you just gonna sit there and let the new world order? Piss in the food that you order. What will you do in your corner? You've been abused and extorted. And the truth is distorted before the news gets reported. But the clues are imported before the music's recorded. Because the youth is important. I hear a hooch is like Horton. I see the jewels in your sport. I say you're glued to your fortune. This is for the water board. And the people they've tortured Cloaked in Christianity Preaching the Lord's word I had this as a premonition before it occurred This is for the suppressed technologies That they're hiding from us For the people in power that keep lying to us The international bankers In their eyes I see lust The truth will come to the light You can't disguise what you've done We gotta band together Do what we can to spread the knowledge Pass out documentary DVDs at every college Like freedom to fascism Loose change and endgame You watch these films And you'll never be the same Check out Coast to Coast AM, Infowars.com Don't worry, I've got more ExposureProject.org, WeAreChange.org There's another top source, go and do some research You need to realize, we need a second American Revolution We're in the middle of a revolution We need a second American Revolution We have a second American Revolution We need a second American Revolution The country was on the verge of revolution the second American Revolution. The second American Revolution. Hey, this is Steve from the Chocolate, Chocolate Drop. Drop. And, and if, if you, you haven't heard the show lately, here's a little, little bit of what you've been missing. My week is over. Thank God. <laughs> uh, oh, God damn. <laughs> See how Steve gets down right? Steve's wicked. <laughs> You say you wicked, Steve. I slap you again. There ain't no cameras in here. I don't know what her problem was. Why she was licking people's cheese. See, black people mess it up for everybody, man. (laughs) You know somebody black to complain. (laughs) And they call me a racist. The back of the toilet looks like a Jackson Pollock. (laughs) I don't like that. You ever seen a vein this big? (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't like that. She ate a rubber glove, and she had to have her dog... It was insane. It was absolutely insane. Um, I don't like that. Saturdays, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, RazRadioLive.com, and Salty Talk Radio. We talk, we talk about life. Life. Worse. You must dig deep under the surface. Streets on first. Life ain't really worth much. Life worth. Oh, but it's worth. We'll come from a present to prove one first. Yo. Why must they, they don't even know. They still taking orders from the man. Fam. Under-
understand They $300,000 debuts worth two grand I got a cool million to run Chances of them fucking with me is like two trillion to one It can't happen Why you and your man yapping? You're all about talk My squad demand action Stay with a rare repartee The shit that they do speak so loud I can't hear what they say Every day we just get a little bit more advanced And we never gonna digress Only further the circumstance The system is designed to get burglars to urge the dance And put some people in positions where murder is worth the chance Fuck a poetic license brother When I ain't writing to enlighten son I'm spitting to simply ravage your kitten And dispose of them devils trying to demon my mission and vilify my philanthropic versus life worse. No doubt it's all about the purse. Rip your pocketbook tight tonight, it's the worst. Greedy capitalists got the streets on burst and they pushing for peace on earth. What's life worth? Ask yourself, what come first? How much can one do with one verse? Do you want to get in touch with the universe? Do you want to cause death or give birth? What's life worth when you're living inside a virtual prison And information you're given's essentially science fiction Juice is a robbery victim, used to the sodomy system Your future's poverty stricken, computer lottery picking It's almost like a brand new world is getting ushered in It's hard to tell the republicrats from the demopublicans Or could you ever notice a difference in the beginning Or was it just an illusion created by a magician? Listen, they're using multiplication that's intruded with addition Economists don't know how to subtract, it's due to division Society is greed-stricken, sipping red rum Stepping over half-dead bums to feed Pigeons. It's an illusion of safety and it's a hazard When the only real choices you got is paper or plastic You know what's really terrifying? Old rich men keep designing wars for young poor people to die in Globalist want control of the earth Yes, my friend What do you think your life's really worth? Yes, again Globalist want control of the earth And the youth What do you think? What do you think? Tonight is the worst Greedy capitalists got the streets on burst And they pushing for peace on earth What's life worth? Ask yourself, what come first? How much can one do with one verse? Do you wanna get in touch with the universe? Do you wanna cause death or give birth? Life is very cheap What is life really worth? What's life worth? My decision is a fairly simple one. I mentioned it already. Survival, okay? And in order to learn that, Mother Nature, yeah? Always took my cue from nature. I realized some time ago that, you know, I'm not separate from nature just because I have a primate brain, an upper brain. Because underneath the primate brain, there's a mammalian brain. And beneath the mammalian brain, there's a reptilian brain. And it's those two lower brains that made the upper brain possible in the first place. Here's the way it works. The primate brain says, give peace a chance. The mammalian brain says, give peace a chance, but first let's kill this motherfucker. And the reptilian brain says, what's life worth? No doubt it's all about the purse. Rip your pocketbook tight, tonight is the worst. Greedy capitalists got the streets on burst, and they pushing for peace on earth. What's life worth? Ask yourself, what come first? How much can one do with one verse? Do you want to get in touch with the universe? Do you want to cause death or give birth? Yo, what is life really worth? What is it? Back to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. 
It is still Tuesday, 22nd of December. Almost Christmas time. We're almost there. I hope you guys are all ready for your Christmas season. I know you don't expect an expi- a conspiracy guy to be pushing it and talking about it, even a non-religious guy. But hey, it's feel good. Why not feel good for a little bit, you know? couple seconds during this show just to have some pleasant happy feelings doesn't hurt right i wouldn't think it would you'll be all right i found that one i kind of thought it was interesting all the what's it done the don't worry be happy all right anyway enough of the christmas music thank you very much had to get that out There'll be more to come. Trust me, I promise you, there'll be more to come. We'll do some more Christmas music, you know. During the break, my my e-cigarette started dying. So I had to, to swap out the battery, or I had to plug it into its charger. And now, of course, the stupid thing doesn't want to work at all. Damn e-cigarettes, they get you all the time. So I'm trying to get it to work here. Oh, there we go. Got it working. Feel much better now. Whew, almost lost my binky. Yeah, I do vape out class. Thank you very much. I'm glad you noticed. Hey, you know, that's an important thing. It's like a binky to me. You got to have it ready to go. And it wasn't working. And I'm sitting here trying to fix it. And then the the break was over. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Anyway, a lot of things have been one of the things I said at the end of last year was that I really believed by the end of 2015 that they would have had to have admitted that they are geoengineering the planet, that they're spraying something above us in in order to try to save us from global warming or whatever they were going to say. No, I wasn't really 100% accurate on that. I, I think we are seeing information coming out pointing to the fact that they're about ready to. A couple different stories that I've seen this past week that have really, you know, fall in line with everything I've been preaching and everything, you know, Michael J. Murphy and and all the guys from uh, uh, Geoengineering Watch and and the different organizations that are uh, investigating this and are making documentaries and are trying to bring um, awareness about geoengineering. It's something that is going on. Whatever the reasoning behind it, I don't know. How they're doing it, I don't know, but I definitely know that something is going on. And all this, <laughs> and all this, uh, all this global warming talk, and all these treaties are trying to put together, and uh, they want our money to to you know make sure we're safe from uh, global warming, and yada 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 yada. Right. So the first story that really grabbed my attention was uh, out of the Express, Express.co.uk. Climate change shock. Burning fossil fuels cools planet, says NASA. Burning fossil fuels and cutting down trees causes global cooling, a shocking new NASA study has found. Major theories about what causes temperatures to rise have been thrown into doubt after NASA found the Earth has cooled in areas of heavy industrialization, where more trees have been lost and more fossil fuel burning takes place. Environmentalists have long argued that burning of the burning of fossil fuels in power stations and for other uses is responsible for global warming and predicted temperature increases because of the 
high levels of carbon dioxide produced, which causes the global greenhouse effect. While the findings did not dispute the effects of carbon dioxide on global warming, they found aerosols, important word, aerosols, also given off by burning fossil fuels, actually cool the local environments, at least temporarily. The research was carried out to see if current climate change models for for calculating future temperatures were taking into account all factors and were accurate. A NASA spokesman said to qualify climate change, researchers need to know the transient climate response and the equilibrium climate sensitivity of Earth. And those are going to be TCR and ECS in future reference during this article, just so you know. They try to make these big words to confuse you and then add acronyms to confuse you some more. Just got to follow along. Both values are projected global mean surface temperature changes in response to doubled atmospheric carbon dioxide concentrations, but on different time scales. <laughs> Do you guys, anybody else find that amusing? Anybody? TCR is character, characteristic of short-term predictions up to a century out, while ECS looks centuries further into the future when the entire climate system has reached equilibrium and temperatures have stabilized. The spokesman said it was well known that aerosols such as those emitted in volcanic eruptions and power stations act to cool Earth, at least temporarily, by reflecting solar radiation away from the planet. He added, in similar fashion, land use changes such as deforestation and northern latitudes result in in northern latitudes, result in bare land that increases reflected sunlight. Kate Marvel, a climate solid, climatologist and GISS, wait, at GISS, and the paper's lead author, said the results show the complexity of estimating future global temperatures. She said, take sulfur aerosols, which are created from burning fossil fuels and contribute to atmospheric cooling. They are more or less confined to the northern hemisphere where most of us live and emit the pollution. There's more land in the northern hemisphere, and the land reacts quicker than the ocean does to these atmospheric changes, because earlier studies do not account for what amounts to a net cooling effect for parts of the northern hemisphere. Predictions for the TCR and the ECS have been lower than they should be. So is it getting cold? Is it getting hot? Is it getting cold? Is it getting hot? Is it getting cold? Is it getting hot? What are we doing? Which way are we going? Please tell me which way we're going. The study found existing models for climate change had been too simplistic and did not account for these factors. The spokesman said there have been many attempts to determine TCR and ECS values based on the history of temperature changes over the last 150 years and the measurement of important climate drivers such as carbon dioxide. We're judging the change of climate of a planet that is billions of years old, possibly, on 150 years of measurements. Just wanted to point that out. As part of that calculation, researchers have relied on simplifying assumptions when accounting for the temperature impacts of climate drivers other than carbon dioxide, such as tiny particles in the atmosphere known as aerosols, for example. Notice that word aerosols? 
all of a sudden is being used a lot? Climate scientist, scientist Gavin Schmidt, the director of NASA's Goddard Institute for Space Studies in New York and a co-author on the study, published in the journal Natural Climate Change, said the assumption made to account for these drivers are too simplistic and results in incorrect estimates of TCR and ECSs. The problem, the problem with the approach is that it fails, falls way short of capturing the individual region impact of each of those variables, he said, adding that only within the last 10 years has there been enough available data on aerosols to abandon the simple assumption and instead attempt, attempt detailed calculations. Again, aerosols, aerosols. Only 10 years we've had the data on aerosols. Hmm. But rather than being good news, NASA has concluded the lack of taking these factors into accounting account means existing climate change models have underestimated at the future impact on global temperatures will be. You guys get the point. Uh, they go in here to talk more about that. The spokesman said the analysis of the results showed that these climate drivers do not necessarily behave like carbon dioxide, which is un formatively spread throughout the globe and produces a consistent temperature response. Rather, rather, each climate driver has a particular set of conditions that affect the temperature response on Earth. So what they're saying is that the CO2 in general is, is globally, where this is more regionalized. So if you're trying to maybe scare a certain region to think that global warming was bad. Maybe that's why all these other regions that don't get chemtrailed, like the U.S. or the U.K. or Australia or, or, or U.N. nations, maybe that's why these other nations don't believe in global warming because they haven't had the geoengineering done above them to affect the change in, in their localized environment. Hmm. Something to think about. And like I said, aerosols. They, they never really talked about aerosols in the past. Do you, do you ever really remember them talking about aerosols? Come on. All of a sudden, we're hearing about aerosols, where the conspiracy theorists that believe in chemtrails or geoengineering or solar radiation management have been talking about them spraying aerosols for years. Just under 10 years. This is one of the things that we claim is part of the problem. So I read a lot of that article because I thought it was important to get that information they're sharing and how it can increase or decrease. I'm sorry, how it can cool the areas. Now, the other story that came out that really grabbed my attention that goes hand in hand with that one. And yes, I am having a, a, uh, a chemtrail moment. I am talking a lot about chemtrails. I do have the phones open, guys, by the one, by the way, 941-421-0401. If you're interested in joining me at all, I'd be happy to take phone calls tonight. I have no guests lined up, obviously. I'm just going to rant about what bothers me. We're going to do some cop talk in the next hour. So don't blow your load if that's something you want to talk about. The age of humans living in the Anthropocene. I'm not going to try that one. Wayne, I just saw your tweet and I just screwed up that whole thing trying to read that word. I should have known better. This is out of the Smithsonian.com. 
now, of course, everybody knows I'm not really good for, you know, I don't really trust government-related agencies. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. You shouldn't trust government-related agencies. But when you're trying to find the truth of something and you know you're going to have to eventually wait for um, government agencies to admit that they're up to something, you know, you have to go to what they're talking about. And when I see pictures of chemtrails all over the, the head of this article, I mean, just pointing out exactly what we've been pointing out, which they've been trying to deny for years is going on. Airplane contrails may be creating accidental geoengineering. That's the headline of this story, smithsonian.com. If you guys want to Google it, uh, you'll be able to read along with me because I may hit some some hard words in this one. Uh, you never know. It is written by the Smithsonian. I just shared it over in the uh, blood chat room too, guys. Airplane contrails may be creating accidental geoengineering. Dissipating haze from planes exhaust alters how sunlight reaches the earth and may be unintentionally affecting our climates. Oh, wrong screen. There we are. If you go outside on a clear day and look up toward the sun, be careful to be careful to block out the bright disc with your thumb. You might see a hazy white region surrounding our star. This haze is caused by airplanes and it is gradually whitening blue skies, says Charles Long of NOAA's Earth System Research Laboratory in Boulder, Colorado. We might be actually conducting some unintentional geoengineering here. Long said at a press conference this week at the American Geophysical Union fall meeting in San Francisco, geoengineering involves the manipulation of an environmental process in such a way, usually deliberate, that it affects the Earth's climate. For instance, Previous researchers have proposed combating global warming by intentionally seeding the atmosphere with small particles or aerosols to scatter some of the sunlight and reduce the amount of heat trapped by greenhouse gas. Long and his colleagues don't yet have enough data to know how much of an effect the icy haze left by airplanes may be having on the climate or whether it contributes to the warming or cooling. But its existence demonstrates yet another way the humans might be altering the climate system, Long says. And you can see this with your own eyes. Wow, where have we heard that before? Foretold who said that before? The discovery comes out of a study of how much sunlight reaches the Earth's surface. This energy is not constant. From the 1950s to the 1980s, for instance, the sun seemed to slightly dim. Then it started to brighten. When scientists looked when scientists looked for a cause, they tried linking these changes to the sun's variable output, said Martin Wild of the Institute for Atmospheric and Climate Scientists at ETH Zurich during the press conference, but they couldn't find any co- correlations. If it's not the sun, it must be the atmosphere responsible for change, he said. High levels of pollution in the mid-20th century sent massive amounts of of aerosols into the atmosphere, where they blocked some of the sun's energy. But when places like the United States and Europe began polluting less, the amount of aerosols decreased, and the sun appeared to slightly brighten. Was that the beginning of the fear of global warming? 
Long and his colleagues found intriguing data that something else is also going on. Some of the sun's lights, light travels directly to the Earth's surface, but some of it gets scattered during the trip through the atmosphere. With less pollution, this diffused light should have decreased, but instead it appears to be increasing. We've got a mystery here, Long said. There must be something in the atmosphere scattering the sun's light. Small ice particles fit the bill, he said. Long thinks air traffic is the most likely source of those particles. Exhaust from an airplane's engine contain, guess, guess what? Aerosols and water vapor. High in the atmosphere where it is extremely cold, the particles serve as nuclei for ice crystals, which form the bright contrails seen in the plane's wake. Some of these contrails scientists have found can contribute to climate change. As a contrail dissipates, it leaves behind a thin, icy haze. The sky may appear cloud-free, but the particles are there until they fall out of the atmosphere. And while in the sky, they scatter the sun's light in a similar way as the proposed geoengineering projects. They scatter the sun's light in a similar way as the proposed geoengineering projects. It seems quite possible that Long is seeing something that is real, said Kevin Trendberth of the National Center for Atmospheric Research, but there's a lot more work that needs to be done to verify the find, wait, to verify the find and make a connection to the climate. Skies aren't clear all the time, and why why they are clear one day and not the next day could matter. The reason for the clear sky is a factor Long needs to explore more. Well, maybe they just weren't spraying the chemtrails that day. Damn it! Long admits that this study creates far more questions than it answers. So far, he has good data for only one spot in Oklahoma, and there could be less sky whitening in places that don't get as much air traffic. The answers to these questions could help scientists better determine what effect airplane travel is having on global temperatures and improve climate models so we can better understand what will happen on our planet in the future. Does anybody else see that they are getting ready to go, oh, whoops, no, we knew we were doing this. We were just doing the experiment just to make sure it was working. And these scientists, that, that we were waiting for them to figure it out so we could come tell you about it. So this is what we're doing to try to stop global warming. So, yeah, that's, that's why the weather has been off a little bit. They're getting ready to tell us. They're getting ready to go public. It's coming. The truth is coming about this one. I really, they, they're setting it up. They're making it so that when they say, yeah, this is a program that we really feel we need to start doing. Yes, we have been testing it. It seems to be working. Rah, rah, shish, goomba, we saved your life. Everything is great and grand. Don't worry about it. We got your back. Hmm. Could that possibly be what's going on here? I mean, is it feasibly possible that the government did experiments above our head and didn't tell us about it, and now they're getting ready to finally tell us that they're doing it? Kind of like when we dropped the atom bomb, or maybe when the, the, the first B-2 bomber was spotted, or how about the stealth fighter? You really think the government cannot keep secrets from us? They can. They are, and they will continue. They still got people believing that 19 Muslims from Saudi Arabia 
were able to take hold of four airplanes and crash them into three buildings, making three collapsed. You know, I guess actually all four collapsed, but there's only three hit. Wait, what? Does any of that make sense? It's just time, man. It's time for their lies to be caught. And they're getting so sloppy. They're being rushed. It's coming. We're not far away from it. I truly, deep down inside, believe that. We got it, man. We just got to keep pushing. We're on the precipice. That was a big word, wasn't it? We're on the precipice of truth. All right, guys, you're listening to the first 52 rounds, radiolive.com, radiofreeblood.com. Uh, next week, I forget the name of the network, but I will be joining another network next week. Uh, Don Pontius has one going on. He, uh, he does the, uh, the shit hits the fan on Sundays here on Raz Radio and multiple other stations. So I look forward to, uh, joining another station, getting some more people here in my rhetoric. I'll be back in a couple.
morning of September 11th, 2001, 19 men armed with box cutters directed by a man on dialysis in a cave fortress halfway around the world using a satellite phone and a laptop directed the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world. Overpowering the passengers and the military combat trained pilots on four commercial aircraft before flying those planes wildly off course for over an hour without being molested by a single fighter interceptor. These 19 hijackers, devout religious fundamentalists who like to drink alcohol, snort cocaine, and live with pink-haired strippers, managed to knock down three buildings with two planes in New York. While in Washington, a pilot who couldn't handle a single-engine Cessna was able to fly a 757 in an 8,000-foot descending 270-degree corkscrew turn to come exactly level with the ground, hitting the Pentagon in the budget analyst office where DOD staffers were working on the mystery of the $2.3 trillion that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had announced missing from the Pentagon's coffers in a press conference the day before, on September 10th. 2001. Luckily, the news anchors knew who did it within minutes. Osama bin Laden. The pundits knew within hours. Osama bin Laden. The administration knew within the day. Terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbor them. And the evidence literally fell into the FBI's lap. That a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. But for some reason, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists demanded an investigation into the greatest attack on American soil in history. That investigation was delayed, underfunded, set up to fail, a conflict of interest, and a cover-up from start to finish. It was based on testimony extracted through torture, the records of which were destroyed. It failed to mention the existence of WTC-7, Able Danger, P-Tech, Sibel Edmonds, OBL and the CIA, and the drills of hijacked aircraft being flown into buildings that were being simulated at the precise same time that those events were actually happening. It was lied to by the Pentagon, the CIA, the Bush administration, and as for Bush and Cheney, well, no one knows what they told it because they testified in secret, off the record, not under oath, and behind closed doors. It didn't bother to look at who funded the attacks because that question is ultimately of little practical significance. Still, the 9-11 Commission did brilliantly answering all of the questions the public had, except most of the victim's family members' questions, and pinned blame on all the people responsible, although no one so much as lost their job, determining the attacks were failure of imagination because... Nobody in our government, at least, and I don't think the prior government that could envision flying airplanes in the buildings. Except the Pentagon, FEMA, NORAD, and the NRO. The DIA destroyed 2.5 terabytes of data on Able Danger, but that's okay because it probably wasn't important. The SEC destroyed their records on the investigation into the insider trading before the attacks, but that's okay because destroying the records of the largest investigation in SEC history is just part of routine record keeping. NIST has classified the data that they used for their model of WTC-7's collapse, but that's okay because knowing how they made their model of the collapse would jeopardize public safety. The FBI has argued that all material related to their investigation of 9-11 should be kept secret from the public, but that's okay because the FBI probably has nothing to hide. This man never existed, nor is anything he had to say worthy of your attention, and if you say otherwise, you are a paranoid conspiracy theorist and deserve to be shunned by all of humanity. Likewise him, 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 and her and her and her and him. Osama bin Laden lived in a cave fortress in the hills of Afghanistan, but somehow got away. Then he was hiding out in Tora Bora, but somehow got away. Then he lived in Abbottabad for years, taunting the most comprehensive intelligence dragnet employing the most sophisticated technology in the history of the world for a decade, releasing video after video with complete impunity and getting younger and younger as he did so, before finally being found in a daring SEAL team raid which wasn't recorded on video, in which he didn't resist or use his wife as a human shield, and in which these crack special forces operatives panicked and killed this unarmed man, supposedly the best source of intelligence about those dastardly terrorists on the entire planet. Then they dumped his body in the ocean before telling anyone about it. Then a couple dozen of that team's members died in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. This is the story of 9-11, brought to you by the media which told you the hard truths about His head can be seen to move violently forward. And 
They took the babies out of incubators. And mobile production facilities. And the rescue of Jessica Lynch. If you have any questions about this story, you are a batshit, paranoid, tinfoil, dog-abusing baby hater and will be reviled by everyone. If you love your country and or freedom, happiness, rainbows, rock and roll, puppy dogs, apple pie, and your grandma, you will never, ever express doubts about any part of this story to anyone. Ever. This has been a public service announcement by the friends of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DIA, SEC, MSM, White House, NIST, and the 9-11 Commission. Because ignorance is strength.
guys, welcome back to the first 52. RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. It is Tuesday, December 22nd. Yes, it is almost Christmas. I told you I was doing Christmas music the whole time. Rejoins. Had to do it somehow. They don't make very much truth or Christmas music. You know, to really uh, have some good rejoins with. Or, you know, to move along with the Christmas music. I hope you guys got the point of, of what I was trying to, to, to make. I hope you guys got my point in that last little segment there. <sighs> they're doing something, and they're getting ready to tell us they're doing something. And that's really what I believe. That was my whole point. They're admitting it, they're pointing it out, and they're getting ready to just open up the whole can of geoengineering, terraforming. Maybe they are aliens. Maybe they really are aliens, and they're trying to make the planet what they want. There was a movie. I think Charlie Sheen was in it. I forget the name of it. Contact, maybe it was, where they were. They were. They were heating. They were trying to increase the uh, humidity on the planet and increase the temperature of the planet. Great movie. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they are aliens after all. <laughs> uh, all right, bye, Deck the Halls. We don't need any more Christmas music right now. Like I said, I, I, I want to get into uh, get into some law enforcement conversation now. It's always something that uh, is rough to to start getting into. Well, it's not really rough because it, it sucks. We shouldn't be seeing this. Um, last year we had, I think it was 11.06 killed by police. I think it was 11.06. Well, here, I got that right here. 2014. 11.08 killed by police in 2014, all year. So far... 2015, we're 1168. We're 60 over of last year, and we still have eight, nine, what, nine days left? And if you go through this, uh, 22nd, 21st, 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 we could easily break 1200 before the year is out. Two this past week are really, uh, the Sandra Bland. Um, deal. I saw that there was no uh, no prosecution there. It, it's not surprising. I don't know why the family is not talking. I, I haven't really looked deep into that. Maybe I can get a maybe Carlos or Grant or somebody from PNAC uh, might have a little more information as to what's going on with that one. But two this past week. I got to see which one was first and which one was second. All right, the first one, at least in the in the release of the articles, <clears throat> uh, there's no news stories on this. Well, there's not going to be any news stories on this one because I don't want you knowing about this one. This is out of Los Angeles. Deputy shoots partner, blames suspect, both kill suspect in retaliation. Yeah. Watch the video. Must have been trying to plant a gun. <clears throat> That's what they're they're claiming. That the officer was trying to plant a gun for the arrest of this individual and accidentally 
discharged it and shot his partner in the stomach with that gun he was trying to plant. Of course, the subject continues to fight, not knowing who's shooting. And the cop that was shot in the stomach then pulls his gun and fires four or five times in the back of this individual. Disturbing video emerged Friday showing two Los Angeles Los Angeles Sheriff's deputies killing a man after they had chased him for riding a bicycle for riding a bicycle while wearing headphones. The incident took place more than a year ago with the law oh, see a year ago. The incident took place more than a year ago with Los Angeles Sheriff's Department initially telling the media that they shot and killed a twenty three year old Noel Aguilar a known gang member, after he pulled out a gun and shot at deputies. But now a, vi- a video shows the two deputies struggling to arrest Agrila. Agrila? I-, I apologize for not getting his name right. When one deputy pulls out his gun and shoots the second deputy be- deputy before placing his gun back into his holster, then placing the blame on Aguilar. Where's the gun, Los Angeles Sheriff's Deputy Jose Ruz asked Aguilar seconds after his partner announced he had been shot. I don't have any, Aguilar said. I've been shot, yelled Albert Miranda for the second time. I didn't shoot nobody, responded Aguilar. I got shot in the stomach. Uh, Miranda, or Murid, Murid, continued. I didn't shoot nobody, Aguilar insisted. Ruz then pulled his gun back out and pointed at Aguilar in an attempt obvious attempt to shut him up. Come on, man, why are you pulling a gun on me, Aguilera asked. Ruse shoots him in the stomach, prompting Maraid, who is already angry at having been shot, to fire three bullets into Aguilera's back. That sparks angry shouts of protest from witnesses, in English and in Spanish, saying Aguilera did nothing illegal. I've been shot, Murata kept repeating, now that, now that the struggle was subsided. I'm dying, Aguilera said, facing, fading away. Go sit down, Ruse told Murata, pushing his partner away while standing over Aguilera. Comfort, comfortable, he is now handcuffed and face down. The life slowly slipping out of him, keeping his knee on the back just to be sure. Miranda took his advice and walked off camera as the shouts of anger became more intense, demanding Ruse remove his knee from Aguilera's back. But Ruse went from keeping a single knee on Aguilera's back to plopping his entire body on his back, remaining there for several minutes in a suffocating manner while furious witnesses ordered him off. It was almost as if he was deliberately trying to squeeze the life out of Aguilera, whom he knew would never shut up about not having shot Murata. Ruses eventually pried off Aguilera's body by the swarming deputies who entered the scene with their guns pointed at witnesses, ordering them all back inside their homes, running up stairwells to chase people all away or maybe even seize cameras. They had the familiar arrogant we have seen arrogance we have seen so many times before that they are above the law. But it does not appear as if they saw the people who were recording, at least one of them appearing to be a woman, because that camera continued to record from an elevated position unmolested for at least eight minutes. In fact, the footage probably runs longer, but this is pretty much all we need to see. Uh, when you watch the video, it's all there. You can see it all. Guys, find the video on my Facebook or on my Twitter. It's there.
The footage shared by Carranza's Tustin-based law firm has been enhanced, slowed down in key spots, and transcribed. We got the video through an independent witness that was there, he says. This is evident evidence that we've had it we've had in the last 20 days. Carranza is handing the new evidence over to the Department of Justice, FBI, U.S. Attorney's Office, and the U.S. Department, Los Angeles District Attorney's Office, in hopes of bringing criminal charges against the deputies involved. The attorney is already in litigations for a civil suit brought on behalf of Aguilera's family. How the deputies handled Aguilera after he had been shot is also a matter of concern, Carranza says. His, he's facing down after being shot four times, and they're on top of him. There needs to be a medical conclusion to find out whether they were trying to get him to asphyxiate. Oh, yeah, that one doesn't want to come out. Asphyxiate. Yeah, I'm not going to say it. Or bleed to death. By the video, it seems like they were trying to do both. Aguilera can be heard screaming, I'm dying, while onlookers berate the deputies in English and Spanish that they shot him in the back and to get off of him because he's dying. This will be interesting to see what comes of this. Uh, and it's a year ago. Here we go. An update from this is last week on Wednesday, two days before the video was released. CNN published an article stating the accidental shootings increased 500 percent from 2012 to 2014 after Los Angeles Sheriff's Department issued new Smith and Wesson's Smith and Wesson MNP nine millimeters. So the new guns, uh, yeah, they're they're. The weapon lacks an external safety. It is more sensitive than the Beretta and a light mounted to the gun and activated by deputies squeezing a pressure switch on the handle has led to confusion in some incidences with a significant number of deputies reporting that they unintentionally pulled the trigger of their weapon when they intended only to return to turn on the light. Well, the light argument won't help there. Sorry, guys, that just won't help. You have to watch the video to really get it and really see that this was a true murder. Uh, sorry, that's what it was to me. That's what I saw. And the other one that got me this week, uh, you watch, again, this is another one you have to watch the video. Uh, there's just no getting around watching the video of this one. Uh, California man shot by exonerated Paradise cop after rollover accident and dies. So on 1125, this guy was out with his girlfriend. They were at the bar. They decided to leave the bar. Had a few too too many to drink. And and this uh, well-known super DUI cop goes after him. The video is not, it doesn't show you the full thing. There's a lot of edits in this video. The audio is missing in spots. It's always a lovely thing. You don't want to. You don't want people to really know how many shots he actually fired, do you? Because <clears throat> if they can hear the shots, then you can't say there was only one accidental shot. If they can hear two shots, which we don't know, it, it, there's some argument that it, it, it appears that the gun recoils twice in the video, which two bursts from it. But again, there's no audio. How can we tell? A California man who was shot by a police officer after sticking his head out of his vehicle after rolling it over only for the Paradise police officer to be exonerated after claiming it was an accident, died Saturday. Andrew Thomas, 26, was facing DUI and manslaughter manslaughter charges from the November 26 incident in which he rolled over the vehicle after leaving a bar with his wife, wife, not girlfriend, sorry, whom was ejected from the vehicle 
and eventually died. Paradise Police Officer Patrick Feast, Feaster, who prides himself on cracking down on drunk drivers, winning awards from MAD, and gaining recognition from local media, noticed the car leaving a bar without its headlights on. <laughs> he began pursuing the vehicle, only to watch Thomas's vehicle strike a median and roll over. Footage from his dash camera show he pulled up to the scene and stepped out of the car, walked up to the rollover vehicle, pulling out his gun, and opened fire on Thomas when he struck his head out. Thomas immediately fell back into the car, and Feast waited more than 10 minutes to mention the fact that he had shot him. Then, after a long gap where there is no audio, which shows Feaster looking down into the car as if, to spe- as if speaking to Thomas, the audio is restored. I've got a non-responsive female and a male refusing to get out, he speaks into his radio. Refusing to get out? That is exactly what Feaster was trying to do when he was shot. Then, when more officers arrive, he repeats that there is a male in the car refusing to get out. That prompts the the other officers to continue to order him to get out of the car. Get out of the car, sir. You're not shot, sir. Get out of the car, one of the officers says around the 213 mark after Thomas apparently informed him that he had been shot. Then at 251 in the video, did you get shot at the cantina? Who shot you? The cop did not shoot you. Meanwhile, a citizen walks up with a towel, offering them to the cops to stop the bleeding from Thomas's wife, Dorena Einhorn, who was laying on the street still breathing. But the cops chased him away without accepting the towels, telling him they had everything under control. Then at 3.51, an officer can be heard requesting medics through dispatch. After minutes go by, and none of the officers appear to concern too concerned that Thomas had already informed them he was shot, seemingly more concerned with chasing bystanders away. Please stand over there by the sign, one cop says to the bystander with the towels, who is not interfering. I'm not going to ask you again. They are also trying to pry open Thomas's car, still ordering him to get out. He may be hurt in there, one cop says after the 535 mark, more than three minutes after Thomas told them he had been shot by a cop. Yeah, I know he is. He may be in shock, another one responds. At the 6.45 mark, audio, but no video, captures officers speaking to Thomas, who is still in the car after one of them seems to say, he's playing coy. Sir, I need you to talk to me to know you're okay, one cop says. Sir, take a look at me. Did you bump your head? Meanwhile, Einhorn is slipping away, but medics have not arrived on the scene. She's still breathing, one cop at. She's still breathing, one cop asks. She's gasping for air, another one responds. Okay, her airway might be clogged, the first cop says. Yeah, she's vomiting, the second cop says. Then they turn their attention back to Thomas, still demanding to know his name, not worried about the gunshot wound, figuring he was playing games with them. We got one laying here. She's vomiting. Pupils are non-reactive, one cop says. We have another one in the car. He's talking... When he was talking when we got here, he's not answering questions anymore. Finally, after 12 minutes and 30 seconds in the video, a police supervisor announces that they are going to return to the bar to find out who shot Thomas. And that's when Feaster finally admitted the truth. I think I shot him, Feaster said. I wasn't even pointing at him, but the gun did go off. 
Oh my fucking god, are you serious? The supervisor responds at the as the video ends. But anybody watching the video can see now I I, I know that was long. It had to be read. But anybody watching the video can see that this that it was not an accident because he pulled out the gun, opened fire, then placed the gun back into his holster, never once reporting shots fired as cops are trained to do. They can also see there was complete neglect from the other officers who refused to believe that Thomas had been shot, especially by a police officer, even though that is exactly what happened. But none of this matters to boot. Uh, Butte County District Attorney Mike Ramsey, according to Action News Now. According to Ramsey, several factors led investigators to believe the shooting was accidental. The dash cam video shows Officer Feaster was not prepared for and was surprised by the guns firing. The pistol discharges in mid-stride and the officer body, officer both flinches his head to the right and does a stutter step, indication, indicated, indicated, Oof. Indictive of an officer not prepared for a, for nor intentionally firing his pistol. Additionally, officers normally train to fire a minimal of two shots. There was no second shot, and the officer immediately holstered his weapon after the discharge. But he didn't want to tell anybody for 12 minutes. 12 minutes it took him to tell anybody that he shot this guy. Actually, the dash cam video shows that Feaster may have fired twice, but because they removed the audio from the portion, it is difficult to confirm. And the dash cam does not capture any indication of surprise that the gun had gone off. Feaster was very deliberate in pulling out the gun, shooting it, then placing it back in his holster. The stutter step and head flinching is a bullshit excuse. And even if it was an accident, his responsibility was to immediately report the shooting which he did not do. The truth is, Feaster hates drunks, drunk drivers, because his uncle had been killed by a drunk driver as a news station reported in 2012 when he was being hailed as a hero by Matt. I'm not going to get into that whole story. I just saw an update there. I was reading through it. Uh, there's not much There's not much for me to, to play as far as the video because a lot of the audio is missing. Uh, I'm seeing there's some news stories here, so let's uh, let's see what one of these news stories has to tell us. If it feels like playing, hello, would you play for me, please? Huh? Not gonna play. Here we go. Coming. Pull harder, might come quicker. I'm trying. Hundreds gathered in Paradise today, angry that a Paradise police officer will not be criminally charged for shooting a suspected drunk driver, possibly leaving him paralyzed. We want to warn you, you may find this video disturbing. And disbelief. Shock. Cop pulling guns on people when, when it's in a car accident, that's insane. There's something wrong with that cop. He's crazy. Outrage in paradise as nearly 200 people angrily waved signs and chanted, Fire Feaster! Demanding Paradise Police Officer Patrick Feaster be fired and charged. He wasn't the only target. Protesters called out Butte County's top prosecutor, District Attorney Mike Ramsey, as emotions ran high. We have a young woman dead. We have a young man maybe paralyzed. They're kids. 
I made a mistake. Kids. I'm nervous to drive around in paradise now because if, a, if I have a seizure and I crash and I go to get out of my car, I could be shot. Officer Feaster's dash cam video is getting national attention with more than 63,000 views and climbing on actionnewsnow.com. That a police officer of our community can do something like that and get away with it. We don't need cops like that in our little town. Ramsey held a press conference Thursday to announce that Feaster would not be charged criminally, though he had said the officer was not justified in the shooting that may have left Andrew Thomas paralyzed from the waist down. Just after midnight on Thanksgiving, Feaster watched as Thomas pulled out of a bar, then rolled his SUV, ejecting his estranged wife, Darian Ehorn, who died at the scene. Feaster can be seen walking up to the Toyota 4Runner, pulling out his weapon and firing a shot at Thomas as he tried to get out through the window. Ramsey says the second flash of light is an optical illusion. Then Feaster is heard telling the dispatcher, Optical illusion. Ramsey says Feaster was in, quote, disbelief and didn't realize he'd... I'd like you to understand that that radio of him saying he refused to get out was literally... um. Two seconds after he shot him and he fell back in the car. Fired his gun. Protesters don't buy it. And he looked around for his bullet shell, and I think that's horrible and horrific. We don't need cops like that in our little town. Ramsey says Feaster waited 11 minutes to mention firing his weapon when firefighters tried removing Thomas and noticed blood. I'm not justifying what that kid did. That was wrong, and he'll pay his price for that, but that didn't justify that cop pulling that piece out like he was from the wild, wild west. These protesters say justice isn't being served. And then they're going to do an internal investigation. That wasn't fair. We should have a state investigation. The Paradise Police Chief says that the results of the internal investigation into the shooting will not be made public. Officer Feaster is on paid administrative leave pending the outcome of that investigation. In Paris, France... Won't make it public. Imagine that. Why would they not want to make that public? What what could they be afraid of? What what could be seen that they don't want you to see? I mean, come on. It's obvious, blatant. This guy murdered them. And he's dead now. He died. Saturday. I think it was Saturday. He died. So that was from before. And now it's coming out, I'm seeing, well, it's not saying in here, but I did see somewhere else that now with his death, um, they're contemplating uh, manslaughter charges for the officer now that he's died. So he was going to walk away and still be a cop with no issues prior to the death of him, even though his delay on treatment, the girl laying there dying, who's too busy trying to shoot this guy getting out of his car, who just had an accident. It's not even like this guy was running from the scene of a robbery. He knew he just came out of a bar and was probably a drunk driver. It just shows that he hated him. He hated the fact that he got behind the wheel of a car after drinking some alcohol. Now, I don't... They never released uh, what his alcohol content was. I would like to see what his content was. He could have just been being an idiot. He might not have been that drunk. People have accidents coming from a bar uh, with with a legal limit or, or maybe slightly over and still have accidents. He was just trying. He just had an accident, and his girl wasn't in the car. He was trying to get out and find her. 
I like the way they throw in the estranged part. Well, maybe they were trying to fix their problems. Maybe they were trying to recon- reconcile their marriage. Well, now they're both dead. So now what? <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I don't know. I, I just... I want to see accountability on these things. I I know you guys get tired of hearing about it. Everybody gets tired of hearing about it. Nobody wants to change it, it seems. It's time we change it. It's got to be fixed. It's got to be fixed at this point. When you see things like that, I mean, two blatant, purposeful shootings. And I still, you know, optical illusion. That's what, what everybody's claiming is a second shot. It was just an optical illusion. That was nothing, really. No, nothing there. I mean, they think we're that stupid that we would buy into that. Excuse me. <clears throat> a little, little throat thing there. All right, so we don't talk about the election stuff much. Uh, I, I don't really care about it. I mean, I probably should, but I'll do what I got to do when it comes time. I won't be voting for Trump. I don't care. I'll vote for nobody for president. I'll figure it out, but uh, I, I like to play some funny things every once in a while. Uh, Saturday Night Live, I guess the other day, did a little bit of a uh, a roast on the the uh, presidential debate, the Republican debate the other day. So I want to play that. It's not like I control my mouse back there. There we go. Because I just found it funny. And it's kind of funny at the very end. Listen to the last last sentence that's said here. Just, just listen to that. I got you, Wayne. Just sit tight, brother. This is what he does. He says these offensive things that he bullies anyone who challenges him. Well, guess what? You can't insult your way to the presidency. Oh, really, Jughead? Because I'm at 43, and you're at 3. Jeb, you're a nice guy, but you're a lightweight, and I know for a fact... The UP sitting down. No, I don't. Yes, you do. If I'm president, I can promise you ISIS will hate me. And, and how do I know? Because everyone who knows me hates me. <laughs> Democrats hate me. Republicans hate me. I have what doctors call a punchable face. <laughs> Governor Christie, what steps would you take to keep Americans safe? Wolf, I would like to answer that with a series of fear-mongering statements. Go ahead. Today, in our great country, one out of every three babies born are already in ISIS. Listen to this man! He's trying to start World War III! Uh, sir, we're not taking comments from the audience yet. <laughs> no, I'm Rand Paul! I'm up here! Jeb, you're a very nice man. But you're basically a little girl. <laughs> Folks, this is true. I got hold of Jeb's birth certificate and full disclosure. His real name is Jebra. Hey, Jebra, loser, say what? What? Oh, <laughs> if we work together, we can stop Donald Trump. If you combine my numbers with yours, yours, and yours, we'd almost win. Hey, Jebra, shut your pie hole. Okay, you know what? You're a jerk. <laughs> You're never going to be President Donald. Yeah, no kidding. None of us are, genius. <laughs> None of us are. Because there really is no president. It's all a farce and it's all a lie. Chocolate Drop, what are you doing, brother? Hey, man, what's going on with you, homie? Not much. How you been? Not a whole lot, man. I was just calling about that, uh, that uh, story you did with uh, the cop that shot the guy there in the rollover. Okay, in the rollover. 
Yeah, I had a question. If you need a cop and you come up on the scene of an accident, is it normal for you to even have your gun out? No, not at all. That's that's one of the things I was saying. It's not like he was coming from the scene of a of a violent crime where you would assume this guy would be armed and wanting to harm you. The guy just left the bar. You followed him from the bar, and he wrecked. Right now, did, did was he when the guy wrecked? Was he even trying to pull him over? Uh, yes, uh, you got to watch the video, man. Like I said, it, it's it's damning when you watch the video. Uh, yeah, I, I did watch. I watched it. I didn't know if the, uh, like the audio cut off. I thought my phone was acting up. The audio cut off. Well, no, because like, hey. there's something they don't want you to hear, man. They don't want you to hear that second shot because if they can convince everybody he only fired once, which in the video you can see what looks like a second flash. You know, they, they're oh really? Yeah, they're claiming no, that was, no, that was, that was an optical illusion, huh? That, that's what they yeah. That? That, was, yeah. that was optical illusion. That wasn't a second flash. Well, because it's, it's accidental. <laughs> it's it's accidental if there's only one shot fired, Wayne. It, it's murder <laughs> if there's two. two. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it was just the whole thing was just fishy, man. The way, but the good thing is the people of that community they they not they not gonna sleep on it. That's what I like about it. People starting to wake up. Well, yeah, bullshit, man. You are seeing more of it. I I can't wait to see what comes out. Have you seen the video of the uh, two L.A. cops? Yeah, I saw that one. I saw that. There was a gun on the ground, and the cop reached over and picked the gun up. Shot his, well, I don't know if he shot his partner intentionally or not, but he, the gun went off. Then the guy tried to put the gun back to him. Then his partner pulls out a gun and shoots the guy in the back. I'm like, damn. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. Why do you want? That was crazy. That was crazy. That was We'll see what's going to happen with that, man. I'm pretty sure the one cop that got shot, he's probably not back to work yet anyway. Even though it happened a year ago. Well, you know, if, yeah, if he didn't, I, I don't, I wouldn't put too much blame on him if he didn't know who just shot him. You know, I mean, what he did was it right? No, but but can you blame a guy that's bleeding out from his stomach after he just was shot? You know? Yeah, you can. Because you, you were on top of the guy, you were pulling a gun. Uh, number one, you were, what about what about you pulling a gun at somebody close range? Point blank. You point blank and you gonna shoot a guy with your partner right on top of him? What about the bullet going through and hitting your partner? Well, if you remember you know if you remember at the train station, they weren't really concerned about that when the cop stood up and shot that handcuffed guy in the back. Yeah, oh oh yeah, um, yeah, that's right. That's so true. Uh, at the Bart station yeah. out there. Yeah, the Bart station, right. Yeah, I remember that. That was a movie action. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I, 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 man, I gotta say it now, man. Cops are uh, what is it? Stupid cops are dumb and dumb cops are stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the problem with that, though, Wayne, is uh, there was a story that came out a few years ago. I had it up like two weeks ago to talk about. I never got to. But um, there was a uh, Supreme Court ruling against the – there was some uh, police uh, – people that applied for the police department that had too high of IQs that were denied. And the Supreme Court stood by the side of the police department in not hiring these people with a higher IQ. And then we wonder why – Today we're looking at these issues. You can't because you can't have free thinkers, man. You gotta have uh, you gotta have people that are, you know, yeah, robots that are, that are, you know, follow authority blindly. I, I, what happens if you get people out of line? Man, you get free thinkers, man. Like that one cop, the female cop, uh, man. I think it was in New Jersey. I want to say it was in New Jersey. A female cop. She got fired because she pulled her partner off with guys whipping his ass. They fired her. Yep, I remember that story. Yep. And you remember that? Yeah, they didn't fire her for intervening. I'm like, damn. Yeah. You can't have free thinkers, man. You can't I, have that. And when you get free thinkers, oh, you know what? Did you ever have any luck with Joe Crystal or, or Mike Wood? 
Those two bottom accounts? No, I haven't even attempted anything, man. I'll be honest with you. With the holidays. You're familiar with them now. You know, well, yeah, the holidays coming, but you familiar with them? No, I, tell me about it. That's your neck of the woods. Two cops, they, 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 well, they, they former city cops now, but they, Joe Crystal, he was basically ran out of the, ran, ran out of the department because he basically, they, he, 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 they say he ratted on other cops. So they ran him out of the department. You can't cross so that thin Wood, blue line, man. You can't cross that right. line. He, he saw something happen and he spoke up. He said something to his, uh, his, I want to say shift commander. They passed it on to the lieutenant, and they got out to the rank that, you know, he told. And he caught hell from there. He had to quit. He wound up quitting. He's a cop now. I forgot where he's a cop at, but he's still a cop. And then uh, Mike Wood is a sergeant. He retired from Baltimore City. And he came out with, he just came out in the spring with all these, uh, with saying about, you know, basically confirming all the accusations against the city police department that we all knew were true anyway. But th- th- these are two guys, Mike Wood Jr. and, and Joe Crystal. Uh-huh. You get a chance, you got to you just write the names down if you get a chance to remember and see if you can uh, re- just do some research on the two cats, man. Yeah, and I- you'll, be, you'll be like, whoa. Yeah, I'll have to look into it because, you know, uh, Bill, Barry Cooper, he's a former DEA agent. He uh, uh-huh. he came out recently. I just put out, well, it's not recently. It's from 2014. But uh, he came right. out saying all police should just be abolished. We, we shouldn't, they shouldn't leave the station until they're needed type thing, you know? You know, you know, what's, you know what is weird to me? that I'm wondering how much backup is like, like, what, what shift does Erickson work, you know? Uh, he does uh, revolving, so he's not always on the same shift. Uh, I think he, I think he normally does the uh, the mid, not the midnight shift, but the till midnight shift. Like I, I wonder how many cops would rush to back him up if you know if he dropped the signal thirteen. That's when like often that's what they call it in Baltimore, signal thirteen. Right. I don't know what it's called. Well, it probably changes, you know, depending yeah, on where you are. But each town or each state has a little different ten code, but uh, right. But I'm, I'm I'm wondering what would happen. How many officers would rush to back him up, though? You know what I'm saying? I've asked him that question. When I interviewed him, I asked him uh, about that, and I've asked him about that in in just Facebook chats and shit. Um, oh really? He talks about it with the fellow officers, and and he doesn't he doesn't really bash the law enforcement as much as he does just the whole system in general. So oh, okay, all right. He, he discusses it with the officers, and he and he said that he's gotten somewhere with some of them, and he hasn't with others. Uh, so, but he, you follow him, right? You're on his Facebook. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Facebook and his, he has a Twitter too. I follow both of them. But uh, he, he's on the Facebook more than he does his Twitter. But like I said, I just wonder about you know him, and I think about him a lot, and, and how the positions, how he positions himself in his department. You know what I'm saying? Well, I like his penitent, penitent cop uh, posts that he does. You know, the the, the posts he'll do, um, trying to to grab other law enforcement's attention. I think he calls uh, it a dependent cop. What is it, like a, a letter, a blog or something he does? He does it on Facebook, and it'll be usually one of his bigger posts, and he'll, he'll sign it at the bottom, the penitent cop. Okay. I'm going to have to check it there. Uh, oh, oh well, I've read those, then. Those are things that I read. Because, like I said, he, I, mean, I just wonder about that, you know, if he gets backlash from, you know, being outspoken like he is. I'm sure there's some people. He doesn't go against the ranks, but, you know, but he doesn't, you know, he's not about, you know, violating people's rights like they so often do, man. 
you well, right. I don't know if you remember the interview I did with him, but one of the th- you know when I was researching him, other than the video of him getting arrested for not taking off the Guy Falk mask, I wanted to find more right. about him. So I started searching him, and I found uh, a bunch of videos he had done um, while he was working. And one of the videos was him sitting in the you know in, in like a catch spot at this this very well known stop sign that people ran all the time. Uh-huh. And I confronted him about that, and he laughed, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I was, uh, yeah, you got me on that one." You know, <laughs> like right. so, so he was true to it. And I, that interview was probably two and a half years ago. If anybody wants to go find it, I'm sure it's on the on the site somewhere. But, uh, you know, it's you have a job to do. Even me, every once in a while I kind of waver. Uh, I, I kind of float back and forth. Um, and, and you can change your mind about things, but you, you got to stay true to your core values and beliefs. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, I love and wonder about him, though, particularly because he, he's so outspoken and people know. You know, so you've got to, you know, I, mean, I wish I could have the camera to follow what he was done. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear you interview him. I think that'd be a different interview than what we did. I think that'd be probably kind of kind of cool because you guys can get that you know the black vibe going. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I did with uh, the kid that got arrested for filming. You know, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one too. He uh, and he got. By the way, he got arrested again. He just got out of jail. Who's he that? For all last week, Phil uh, Turner. Phil. Uh, yeah, and he's a peanut. A peanut correspondent. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I posted yeah, that. A, him and his girlfriend him. or his wife or something? No, him and, another, him and another guy, they got arrested for filming outside of a Shell refinery in uh, somewhere outside of Houston or something. I think it was outside of Houston. They got arrested last week. Oh, that's a new dad on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah actually, I actually gave you that interview so you, so you could post it up for me so, on the website. You can't, you can't, don't send it to my phone. Send it to me on Facebook. Well, we, you and I got to talk oh. about We got to talk about that anyway. Well, you and I got to have a little co- chat to chat and let me get you up to speed on some things. Make life easier yeah, exactly. for all of us. Yeah, and put my name back in the Put my show back in the banner. My show's not in the banner. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, I'll look. If it's not, I'll make sure it's back up there. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, those of you listening, yeah. this is this is the Chocolate Drop Saturdays from uh, one to three. You definitely want to check it out. He uh, he covers a lot of what I talk about sometimes, but then he he does some really good music interviews. You know, he, he he's got a nice yeah. groove of music he plays. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Thank you. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the love, homie. All right, man. It's so about to wrap up anyway, man. It's about time he put a sad closing song that you play. So I'm sitting here and get my Kleenex out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. All right, peace out, Sean. Peace Sean. out. There goes Wayne, my boy. Make sure you check him out. Saturdays, 1 to 3, RazRadioLive.com. Yeah, and he's right. You know, it's time to wrap the show up, man. I hope you guys learned something tonight. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we're entertained. We're angered. Whatever it was, uh, as long as I got some kind of emotional response out of you, I've accomplished what I'm supposed to be doing. Just to get an emotional response from you. All right, guys. Merry Christmas. Enjoy your family. Just be a human being, man. We'll be back next Tuesday. I'll be here with you, and we'll do it all again. Peace. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns. Don't be afraid of mistakes. Emotions misplaced to love or to hate. 
Don't know what to do We're all lost and confused Just trying to get through in this world Always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes But it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace When I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake When I'm risking it all with no time to waste Fuck this red race, I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off destination space With the sunset hung behind us and the universe to blind us from the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided through the beautiful the silent with the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow of the unknown Please don't go And I don't know how I got here Or how I'm getting home But right from day one I've been in this alone With odds stacked against I've been drowning in stress They said can you take more I said give me what's left An old man once told me Allie don't have a love back Keep your eyes on that prize And give them hell to your death This is a test Just a frequency check For intelligent life Now's time to connect It's an SOS The death's been sent So now we just wait And hope for the best with the sunset hung behind us In the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided Through the beautiful asylum With the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow Of the so much thanks the first 52 is the bump diggity
I'm trapped in 